Hello everyone and welcome to the Racing Mentor Sponsorship Podcast. If you're new here, I am your host, Jess Shanahan. I am the founder of Racing Mentor and I teach sponsorship and business skills to racing drivers and others across motorsport. I'm joined by my co-host, Toby Trice. Hello, yes, I'm Toby Trice, um, a racing driver all thanks to Jess and all her amazing knowledge. Um, I was one of her successful students back when I did the six weeks to success course and uh, I'm on an incredible sponsorship journey and it's allowed me to become a racing driver. So instead of chatting today like we normally do, we're going to just jump straight into um, our topic of the week and we're going to just be talking about the basics of sponsorship and how to get started with it if you're brand new. So Toby, you've kind of been brand new you've been in this situation what were you kind of thinking when you were first starting out um well I guess I, I came to this with a with a fresh mind um because I had all these preconceptions prior to joining the six weeks to success course and prior to reading your book Jess get paid to race um and yeah my, my kind of preconceptions were the fact that there's you know lots of racing drivers out there with lots of big stickers on their cars um is that how sponsorship works you know do drivers just go to companies ask for some cash grab grab their stickers on the car and go racing and that was was my preconception but um I got that completely wrong and uh, with a thanks to you Jess you've allowed me to gain all this new knowledge um to actually show people what sponsorship is about and how it should be done so um i think that'll be the best point to hand that part over to you right now jess absolutely so yeah we will talk about how sponsorship doesn't work but also talk about how it does work so i'm going to start with that so the best sponsorship deals are built on mutual benefit so when you go to a business and say hey sponsor me they need to be getting something out of that deal as well and that something needs to be more than just a sticker on a car. So behind all of these stickers that you see in British touring cars, the World Endurance Championship Formula One, there is so much more to it than that. So if you've listened to many episodes of this, this podcast before, you'll have heard us talk about how TV coverage doesn't really mean much. Stickers on cars don't really mean much. That's because the advertising value of a sticker on a car is actually quite low. So the value from a sponsorship deal actually comes from doing things like uh, corporate events, track days, having hospitality at the racetrack, social media posts, video, TV spots, press, all of that kind of thing. Toby, I don't know if you want to kind of give some examples of how you have made sponsorship work as you've kind of gone through your, your career recently. Yeah, so um, my first year of motorsport, um, you just touched on there about kind of corporate days. Um, one of the big things I focused on in 2019 was the fact that um, my my main sponsor um, wanted to kind of get their, their staff on board and more engaged with the business and the business direction. Um, and we did that through kind of competitions within the business. And the prizes was the fact they got to go out in my race car and have some, some exciting laps. Um, obviously, that got people talking. The staff really wanted to win it. Um, and hence everyone got engaged on the kind of message that that, that company was was actually looking to, to do. And it was a huge success. Um, but of recent times, um, and, and as I move into into this season, um, I'm focused very much on business to business networking. Um, and I really love kind of introducing my sponsors um, to within my network of other companies that I'm associated with so that they get a mutual benefit. Um, and that might be really simple, such as um, one example at the moment is I'm, I'm talking to a company who essentially manufacture really specialist vehicles 
Um, and with my sponsor, he requires specialist vehicles to allow his business to operate successfully. Um, so the fact that those two companies are on board on my platform, they now are kind of mutually benefiting, benefiting each other because my com- my main sponsor is getting kind of these really good vehicles because this company is amazing at what they create. At the same time, this other company that manufactures those vehicles are getting additional sales. Um, and that's all done through my platform as a racing driver. And I really love seeing that kind of business to business side grow. Um, as much as I love the kind of business to customer type sponsors. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the things that I really enjoy, I suppose, is um is just seeing how that how that works. And um when you actually get those deals done, it's um it's quite remarkable just that sponsorship is is way more than, than just a sticker on a car. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people have this misconception that the way it works is that people will pay you for a sticker on a car and they will pay you more if that sticker gets seen on TV. When actually it's, it doesn't work like that. And I think that we need to get people away from this this misconception because it's actually hurting racing, like all racing drivers, because the more drivers that email companies saying, hey, can I have some money? I'll put your sticker on my car. The less likely those businesses will ever be to sponsor a driver, even if a driver has an actual like great pitch that does have mutual benefit. They'll just be like, no, nah, you won't do anything. They just want a sticker on a car so they can go do their expensive hobby. Yeah, yeah. And and just um, just angling on that on that note there, Jess, because, you know, quite right. Obviously, all my sponsors are on my car this year. Um, yes, I'm going to be racing on ITV4 um, for the very first time this year, which is obviously hugely exciting for me personally as a driver. Um, but those are the things I talk about at the very last point of all the sponsorship discussions. Um Yes, they're kind of nice to have, but they're not the, the real value that you can offer to that sponsor. So it's really, really important to focus on kind of how you can benefit that, that business, um, whether that's you can introduce them to your niche and your audience or whether you've got contacts that they can benefit from and um, that you can kind of network within and kind of use motorsport as a corporate platform to, to help the businesses grow. And, and the stick on the car really is I'll chuck that in almost for free. It's, it's, it's a nice bonus, isn't it? Um, and I think it's it's nice for businesses to have a sticker on their car. I think when when companies see their, their logo on a race car, if they, if they enjoy motorsport, um, of course, that's a proud moment for them because they're like, you know, we can do this. This is great. Um, but if they're getting benefit from deals that you're actually putting on the table for them and they're actually gaining business from the back of it, that's actually worth more than what they've paid into the sponsorship pot um then this is awesome bonuses this is this is great so yeah always focus on kind of what that need is for that business yeah absolutely so i i really think that a sticker on a car looks so cool seeing your logo on a car is amazing and actually business owners will love this and it is good for kind of camaraderie within the business and you know maybe even like creating more of a, a connection and team building kind of experience for employees yeah but it doesn't really have a massive effect on the bottom line of the business and when a business is paying out you know potentially tens of thousands of pounds hundreds of thousands of pounds to sponsor a driver they're going to want more than just you know some some friendly interactions within the workplace because of a sticker on a car or some social posts because of a sticker on a car so it's definitely about thinking uh, about what you can offer as a racing driver and how that will affect the bottom line i.e the money of that business that you want to pitch to absolutely yeah absolutely and and just on other things that um potentially doesn't work as well these days as well is because the fact that there's there's you know crowd numbers are more reduced these days than old and especially obviously with with a kind of 
pandemic kicking around there's likely to be even less kind of um people at, at the racetrack so um you know relying on just sticking on the car and that kind of brand awareness you've got to obviously find a new way to to kind of get that reached out to you know for your business to business to customer quite kind of sponsors um because obviously you know at the moment with with numbers being quite low physically at the track um i think it's really important to sort of think outside the box and find new ways of getting that kind of brand reach to to your audience absolutely so let's talk about how drivers can stand out because even if you have a great you know proposition for for a business that that will kind of help them uh, and help their bottom line you still need to stand out so you need to ask yourself why would they sponsor me over another racing driver and i think yeah. this is a trap that a lot of new drivers fall into is that they see how other drivers present themselves especially at the top level and they think, well, I'm going to emulate that. I'm going to do exactly the same things because that is clearly how a racing driver should act. And I'm not saying that you won't get sponsorship by doing this, but you will give yourself a much, much better chance of signing those deals and standing out to businesses and even getting businesses to come to you if you have something that makes you unique. And Toby, I know that, that you certainly have this. You have a really, really well-defined niche now. Yeah. And maybe tell people about that, kind of explain how you got to got to this stage and how it has benefit benefited your you know sponsorship search over the last year or so. Yeah, actually, this is like probably my most favorite topic and my mm-hmm. most successful part of my whole racing business, really. Um, and I want to rewind back to um, when I very first picked up your book, Jess, and obviously inside the book, it talks about kind of how to find your niche and why you need a niche, etc. And um if I'm honest, I had doubts, you know, I had doubts that thinking, well, I don't want to, you know, sort of letterbox myself too much, you know, because there's millions of motorsport fans. And am I really, is it really right that I should be targeting myself at just this, this tiny little bit of the audience? Um, and of course, I went with kind of exploring my niche and, you know, what was my angle in motorsport and how I can, how I can stand out. Um, and I've not looked back, Jess, <laughs> you know, let's face it, I've not looked back. My my niche is is very niche, you know, I I'm a racing driver who's also drives high-speed trains. Um, so I kind of got an element of niche within the railway industry. Um, but I suppose my main my main niche now is the fact that I'm an ambassador um, and on awareness campaign for male fertility, which is incredibly niche. It's such a such a small point of the of the globe, really. Um, but that's actually allowed me to stand out um and and have a really unique story that's allowed me to get really interesting press release um really interesting kind of media interviews i've been on the radio it's allowed me to go on to bbc news um it's been overwhelming just how much media attraction i've kind of got um because of how unique my my story is and, and my niche and kind of my interests are um and i guess the success of that now has allowed me to be in a place where I'm actually getting companies come to me um, within that niche that actually want to partner with me because they've seen just what how valuable it can be for their business. And the fact that I've become this, I guess, um, face for male fertility, and which is a hugely great thing because I'm helping guys out across the country. Um, but those companies now see me as the person to go to. And now I'm getting loads of requests and loads of meetings, meeting new people all the time and um, all that kind of sort of hard work I put in um, throughout 2019 and, and last year um, of actually, you know, going to companies and sort of 
interacting with companies and me going approach companies now it's kind of flipping Jess which which is really unusual I didn't actually expect it to happen I remember you saying to me um that if you continue working on your niche and your brand um and you continue standing out then it will come and and yeah here I am as as, as absolute walking evidence of that and uh, yeah I'm hugely hugely proud of it it's super exciting and uh, I'm now attracting my ideal clients which is um they're the ones I can help the most so it's a win for everyone absolutely so at no point I know this about you and at, at no point have you sent a pitch email saying hey I think you should support me because it'll be good for your business even though you are doing great things and you know businesses should want to work with you I bet that you've never once said I need support from you so I can go do the racing no never never um, and actually it's quite interesting because obviously all my pitches have been very focused on that business you know I've always made sure I've researched a company and actually um understood them before I've actually you know you know pitched them and explained what I could do to actually help their business um and when it when it eventually comes full circle that they realize that actually they're helping support your own campaign and your own ambitions and stuff um you're then already benefiting each other at that point so this little relationship that you build blossoms into such a a long-term partnership that um that is just really exciting they become really good friends and um oh it's just amazing I've met some so many amazing people and I've done some great things with companies and um yeah I just I, I relish in it absolutely relish in it it's great yeah yeah totally I, I I completely agree and there's something just really nice about making friends with people that you have like a really strong business relationship with just think that's yeah. really nice yeah definitely and 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 then when you get to go to the track because all the hard work's been done um because you you focused on kind of helping that company out um all of the all of the hard work and all the kind of business is done before you get to the racetrack essentially so when you then get to go to the track and have the day at the races and hopefully win some some trophies and you know get some champagne and stuff and and have all those kind of fun moments together um that's all then additional value that's all you know enjoyment and you know you've both worked hard you both deserve this opportunity um and that's when that's when you can enjoy it a little bit more and have some fun but obviously all the business is done you know off track you know most most people don't see it Jess most people don't see how much work goes into into kind of being successful within you know the kind of sponsorship and the business side of it but if you if you love doing that and if you've you're prepared to put that time in the success you can have is just incredible yeah there is a lot of kind of behind the scenes hustle so any driver that you see that is you know even semi-successful with with sponsorship has probably spent a lot of time pitching to people meeting people working on their brand developing their niche so if you are listening to this and you're brand new to sponsorship get ready for some late nights and early mornings this isn't just send an email and get some money and I, I find that a lot of drivers before they've kind of really thought about you know how they're pitching they will send these emails that say hey you can support me it's a good tax break for for your business it'll cost five thousand pounds because I need tires for the season okay, that might work if you're asking for a hundred quid from a local business and they do generally want to just support local talent. But if you're, if you're looking to make this your career, you have to have a slightly more uh, nuanced approach that focus, focuses more on how you can add value. Um, and I think, you know, that, that support angle can come later. But something, like, something that a lot of business owners have said to me in the past is, why would I pay for you to go racing when I could use that money to go racing myself. It's just true. That's really true, isn't it? So no one's going to just support a racing driver for that, you know, for those big levels of money just out of the goodness of their heart. 
they might spend that on their own race car doing their own race thing or you know buying a box at the football where they can network with other businesses or you know going on a massive ski trip or traveling the world they're not going to just spend it on you so you can have fun so yeah i think yeah sorry jess i just want to actually put a little point into that point actually because um i remember you know at the very beginning of kind of like you know the scary thought of asking for a five and a six figure sum from a, a company of how I'm going to actually deliver value. And, you know, I was, I was so scared of that. It was a really big moment when I first did it. Um, but I've had this kind of like recent, like, I guess light bulb moment of actually that, you know, sponsorship is, 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 is what we call it, but essentially it's, it's a business partnership, but effectively I'm kind of, um, I'm consul- I'm kind of consulting for companies now as like a kind of marketing strategy kind of person um, and introducing them to business networks and stuff. So essentially it's like being employed by that company. Um, and if you're asking for a five figured sum, it's like asking for a salary that you'd want to work for that business anyway. So um, when you kind of put it more that way, it, it kind of makes more sense. Does, am I making sense of like that? But do you understand what I mean? Like, it's kind of like you're actually working for that business. You're asking for a, a pot of money, which is going to account for your time working for that business and, and then hopefully getting more return back for them. Um, and then all the extra stuff is the motorsport. You know, you're using that money for motorsport, but actually you've kind of earned it in, in a completely different way. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And I really like to think of it as, uh, a racing driver and the race car and the motorsport around that is um, just another marketing tool for a business and yeah. you as the racing driver kind of act like a marketing agency so you go to a business and go hey I have an idea of how we can market your business and help you make more money it's going to cost 20,000 pounds they go okay let, let me know how much money can I make from this well with all of these different factors you could potentially make back 100% of your money um, plus like yeah. whatever it might be, you don't have to go into that kind of detail. But if you kind of go in with a, a, a business proposal as opposed to a sponsorship pro- proposal, meaning that if you go in and say, this is how I'm going to add value to your business. And, you know, what, adding value doesn't necessarily have to be you will make an extra hundred grand of profit from this activity. It can be a bit more kind of subtle and qualitative than that. It can be. You know, we're going to um, increase employee loyalty so they'll work harder and they'll make more sales, which will increase your profit. Yeah. And just to, just to t- touch on that, you know, that's very much one thing I'll be working with one of my sponsors this year is is actually, you know, staff rewards um, because the, the particular team of staff that, um, that my sponsors got have worked so hard throughout this pandemic. Um, they've put in a lot of extra time to keep kind of the railway moving. You know, they've been working really, really hard and, um, the business owner really wants to reward his staff because he's like, look, these guys have worked so hard. I want to give them something that they can enjoy. And, 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 you know, I, I really value that. I think that's fantastic. You know, I'd love to work for that person because he clearly understands the value of his, his staff and wants to help, help them out. And he's only going to get more from them because he's actually showing them that he cares. Um, so doing all these activities that we'll be doing together um, will only mean for the future that they're going to be more loyal, which means that, potentially he's saving money because he hasn't got to find the cost to employ and train new people because his current staff are going to stay. Um, but then his current staff are going to give them, give more because they're like, you know, our boss really values us. So yes, obviously that doesn't give like an immediate return in terms of you're going to earn X amount of more money. But what it does mean is that you're going to save money down the line. You're going to get more, more attention of staff, your staff will be more engaged um, and I've, I've got, I think that's a lot to celebrate right there. I think that's a really, really interesting point. Yeah. 
and you know this is maybe getting into slightly more complex you know business discussions and it's maybe not you know the basics of sponsorship but it's worth thinking about and I think it's worth uh, all drivers kind of educating themselves on the challenges that businesses face so it's not just about making profit it's about well how do you keep your staff engaged so they don't just go off to another company all kinds of stuff like that are challenges that that businesses are facing you know on a day-to-day basis and you know the recent events and things like that have kind of uh, you know they've brought up new challenges for businesses so you know bear in mind what's kind of happening in the world but also yeah educate yourself just from a business's point of view what they're going through and think about how you as a driver can help exactly yeah and i think it's really important that in order to add value to a company um you've got to have that kind of business mind to understand business so that you can then add value to that business um but jess let's talk about kind of you know for me at the very early stage you know i had to kind of find potential sponsors um but what are your kind of top tips around finding potential sponsors so first off i'd say develop your niche and in a previous podcast episode we talked about niche episode 34 that that episode kind of takes you through some different um exercises that you can do to to work out what your niche is but once you've found that and even if it's blurry or it crosses you know some some different industries or sectors you can kind of use that to find potential sponsors so i'll try and put this in the context of some different niches so let's say that you're really into fitness and that your fitness journey as a racing driver is is kind of like a big part of your life well then fitness could easily be your niche you can niche down further in that your niche could go as far as running or um, it could dive into, you know, CrossFit or, you know, vegan fitness and vegan nutrition. So that there's lots of ways that you can like niche your niche. But in, you know, using that as an example, if you then think, well, who do I go to for sponsorship? You suddenly got all of the fitness brands. That's where you start. So I would suggest that once you've worked out your niche, so let's say, let's use some examples. So let's use, um, fitness as one cooking as another and toby give me another one just so i can quick fire some examples um <laughs> radio controlled cars okay oh i like that okay so let's say that these you have one of these niches um when you are sitting down to, to to find potential sponsors if you're really really new to this and you perhaps don't need a lot of sponsorship budget as you're starting out then i would look for local companies that cover this stuff so, for example, in Norwich, we have a we have a, a fitness company that sells like all of the fitness gear, weights, the nutrition stuff, supplements, etc. I would probably approach them as a small business saying, hey, I do this fitness thing. You know, motorsport is a big part of that. We can help your brand through the in these different ways and offer you these benefits. Do you want to you know, talk about this further? And that, that, that small fitness company is going to go, okay, well, this is a, a local person. They're relevant to me, which is important. That's why niche is important. And they're probably going to be more likely to talk because you have that common connection of niche and location. Once you kind of get to, you know, the, the bigger leagues and you're pro- probably having to target nationally or maybe even internationally, then it's about diving into your niche, maybe even the niche of your niche, as I mentioned, so let you know let's go with radio control cars there are various different kinds i don't know what they are but there are various different kinds um so go with the one that you are into and find companies that do that don't find the companies that you know so okay so let's say there's a company that makes 
radio controlled cars for racing for professional rc racing and that's something that you are really into alongside you know full-size motorsport don't go to a company that makes radio controlled toys and vice versa they're not they're not relevant so you can stand out more by going and find someone really 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 specific to what you're interested in and what you talk about on social media in the press etc so I think, you know, when, when you're thinking about potential sponsors, it's all about niche and just start by Googling. So, you know, type in, you know, Norwich Fitness Company, type in radio controlled racing parts, anything like that, where you can start to really like dive into the companies that do something very, very specific in your niche. You're going to be able to come up with a whole list of potential sponsors and then from there it's a case of just researching because it might be that you know that rc uh, company that makes parts might not be relevant to you because they're really small or they might not be relevant to you because uh the parts they make are just shipped from china and they're, they're a middleman and they probably won't have the budget to be able to work with you. But this is why research is important, because you're not then wasting your time on a company that's not relevant. Yeah. And also you can understand a bit more about their kind of business goals and where they want to go, isn't it? By kind of the, the activities that they're already involved with. Um, and then you can kind of level that, level that up, but often even more kind of incentive to actually get involved with what you're doing. So, um, yeah, research is, is hugely important. Yeah, research is so important because from your research like once you've found you know the, these sponsors that that seem to align with what you're doing you can kind of work out what their goals are and this kind of leads you on to how you then write your pitch because a lot of people go into a pitch saying hi i'm a racing driver i've won some things i'm actually really great and you should listen to me and by that point every business ever is probably switched off <laughs> very true I'm sorry to say so what you need to do from your research is go in and say wow, I see that you do this thing. That's really great. Would you like to talk about a way that you can do this thing with me? And then you talk about who you are because you've kind of hooked them. And um, I'm not going to give a ton of examples here, but if you want to see what it looks like to pitch to a business, then um, my book, Get Paid to Race, goes into this in, in so much detail, like more than, than we probably have time for in a podcast. So if you don't already have that book, I'd suggest picking it up. But if you do have it, then go and take a look at some of the examples of pictures in there. Yeah, and about. yeah, sorry, and yeah, and, and just just on that topic, Jess, of kind of writing pictures. Um, as people know from this podcast, and if you're new here, I'm not particularly great at writing. Um, and I've used Jess's kind of templates to kind of start me off with with actually how to write a pitch to businesses, which has actually allowed me to land um sponsors so um they work and um, they're great and uh, yeah if you haven't got a copy of the get paid to race book do grab one because uh, you'll be missing out if you haven't got information and you know if, if you're if you're a podcast kind of a person there are various podcasts um from last year where we talk about pitching um and the various different um aspects of it but the, the main point that i can make now while we're talking about the basics is that you need to hook the business. You need to say something in the opening paragraph of your pitch that makes them think, ooh, this sounds interesting. And unfortunately, just introducing yourself isn't that thing that's going to hook them. No, definitely not. So let's, let's talk a bit about how you can build your brand, because I think this is a really, really strong aspect of, of sponsorship basics, is that you need to have something that not only makes you stand out, but but kind of shows who you are. 
you know, the first thing that someone's going to do after you've kind of hooked them in an email is Google you. So you need to have some kind of presence. So Toby, I'd, I'd love to hear from you kind of what your approach was to kind of building your brand and kind of putting yourself out there in, in not just on social media, but also in like the public eye. Yeah, um, obviously, it's, it's. I think building your brand is very much an ongoing process. You've kind of got some mind of what you want to achieve. Um, but I think when when it started out of me looking at my brand and what I wanted to represent, um, I wanted to keep things really simple. I had this kind of vision um, I had these kind of three pillars that I kind of was like the core of what I wanted to be perceived as and um, how I wanted to sort of show myself to the world and and that kind of stuff. And then um, in 2019, I literally made my own logo. I kind of um, built that brand on a, on a really basic level um, and it was good to get me started. And um, that development has gone on to, for me partnering with Purple Tash, who has helped me develop my brand in a really, really professional, slick way. Um, so now I, now I look like a really legitimate company, like the brand's insane, but it's allowed me to then sort of showcase myself as a racing driver to my audience. So fans and, and motorsport enthusiasts that see me as a racing driver and the brand that I represent on social media platforms, um, but also my voice and, and how I represent myself within the media, um, kind of articles that I'm involved with, how I talk to people, um, all of that, all of that thing um, of, of brand is, is such a big round package. Um, and obviously there's all different elements in there, but yeah, it's been very much a, a development. And um, I think I've enjoyed that, you know, as, as much as kind of seeing sponsorship success, I've really enjoyed seeing Toby Trash Racing as a brand develop and grow into this, into this entity that um, it really overwhelms me really, I guess what it's become. So if someone is, is brand new to this, they're thinking that they need to start looking for sponsorship. What piece of advice would you give them on how they approach building their brand in that way? Because I think for a lot of people, it might seem quite overwhelming to start thinking about, you know, the, the press coverage and all of the big stuff and how you're perceived in the media and that kind of thing. Right from the beginning, like what's the, the biggest piece of advice you can give to someone? I mean, just like I did, Jess, um, you know, I, I explore your niche first, I think is the the primary kind of focus um, because that allows you to sort of develop and understand a bit more about kind of what brand you want to build and, and how you want to be perceived. Um, but what, what I did was at the very, very early part of like my kind of brand development, I had I had three key points um, that that I've wrote down on a piece of paper of what I want to represent. And that, that was the fact that I want to look clean, fresh, and I want to look sophisticated so that when I go to speak to big, big companies, they see me as a really professional entity. Um, and that formulates part of everything I do now. So I always make sure that I kind of refer back to that little guide and it has developed over time. It's a little bit different now, um, but it allowed me the kind of like a, a vision, if you like, of what I kind of want to be, seen as and what, how I wanted things to look um, and it ties nicely within my brand because um, you know I need to be approachable to the kind of audience that I'm sort of looking to attract um, and and all of that's kind of formulated and worked out really well I hope that answers your question Jess. Yeah I think that's really good advice and I think if you are writing down these kind of like branding traits or, or brand values they can again help you find potential sponsors because you know just taking your example toby with this kind of like fresh clean like approach that you have to everything if you went to a you know a potential sponsor's website and it was this kind of like really edgy chaotic dark kind of you know approach to to their branding you know that they're probably not a great fit yeah 
So yeah. I think it's a really great way to kind of, again, narrow down who you should be pitching to. Exactly. Yeah. And, and ironically, actually, just talking on the on the level of brand. So um, most of the sponsors I have this year, um, their brand colours and their brand image is, is almost the same as mine in terms of like what they're representing. So it's actually quite interesting because, uh, you know, as I've kind of learned and explored um, my own brand and obviously started to attract certain clients and stuff, it's, it's actually interesting to see that I'm them sort of poles relying and kind of attracting similar companies. Um, and, and I think having kind of the, the beliefs of the beliefs of what you've got for your brand and what you want to represent, um, it does help attract the sponsors that, that, you know, you can help out the most. Like I couldn't, I couldn't go to a company like you say, that was perhaps dark and edgy and promote them. Um, like as a real dark, you know, let's, I can't think of any, any brands off the top of my head, but a real dark and edgy brand where they might have a really different audience. It just wouldn't work well with, with this, this fresh, clean look that I'm trying to represent. Mm. Um, and you know, there's someone else out there that will have a brand that will be better for that business, that they'll be able to sort of be more like connected. Um, and, and I think that's really important to, to note at that point, really, is that, you know, you, you don't want to go with like this kind of scattergun approach of, of sponsorship. Um, you can help so many companies out, but you can help out companies in, in a much better way if they align with your kind of brand and your values. And also if they're within your niche. And and, and I've really stuck true to that, Jess, and even when even when times got hard last year, when you know, I was trying to get on track and it didn't quite work out, et cetera. Um, you know, it, it was very easy to go, you know what, should I just email everyone and just say, look, this is what I'm doing. But actually I stuck true to my word, um, took the year out, made that decision. Um, and here I am now with a, a much better position, um, a good budget behind me and some amazing sponsors that I can't wait to get working with. So um, yeah, stick true to that word. So I think one thing that's really interesting about what you're saying there is how how your kind of like colors and branding match with most of your sponsors. And that there's actually a reason for this. I think I taught this in an Instagram branding training that I did, but colors mean different things. Like the, the way that we look at colors, they'll, they'll make us make connections, like whether we want them to or not. So like, you know, purple tends to be very much luxury. Um, yellow is quite cheerful. Blue is, is typically quite, uh, so a dark blue is is typically like quite straight to the point, whereas a light blue is a bit more um, kind of friendly and open. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can look up these color charts online. But because of this, because you're if you're using certain colors in 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 a way in your brand, and you look for you look for businesses that also have kind of similar colors, you'll you'll probably find that your your brand values align as well. So like if, if someone is having this like, you know, an edgy look that's, you know, black and pink and purple, that's probably going to align better with the drift driver that has black, pink and purple, because it's this kind of like edgy, modern, digital kind of feel. Yeah. So it's I find it really interesting, like, you know, color psychology and how, you know, within within business, those things do typically align, even if you haven't thought about it in this kind of detail just find that you know absolutely fascinating yeah it's an interesting point isn't it it's um yeah it's interesting how that's kind of grown and developed into that way it's uh mm. yeah um there's a lot of blue sponsors in my sponsorship yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, which is madness yeah. um but but every brand that i'm with and associated with are very clear and punchy and you know you know all about that kind of fresh clean look so um it's yeah it's quite fascinating mm. so um just one more thing that i want to say on this you know how you build your brand while you're pitching is think about how you are promoting yourself on social media are you showing people 
those reasons that you stand out or are you just posting race car pictures now don't get me wrong we love race car pictures but in order to stand out you need to be more than a racing driver so you need to show these elements of your niche so whether that's fitness baking rc cars when you're when you're at this stage of like building your brand post about that other stuff as well because you'll get known as oh yeah that racing driver who cooks vegan meals so by standing out in this way when a a potential sponsor comes to your instagram or your twitter wherever it might be they're gonna see who you are as a person it really shows your personality again which is why uh building your brand and having a niche in this way is so important because it makes you more than just a racing driver so think yeah so think about how you're how you're perceived on on social media and the kind of stuff you're posting i would say that's you know a, a good early step when you're when you're you know new to sponsorship yeah and if you're new to the the race mentor um group is that there's there's lots of really successful drivers right now that are doing really well with their sponsors and attracting sponsorship and that is the ones that have got something really niche about them and they they do stand out because they've got this this new way you know they've got you know something interesting about them um motorsport's great we're race drivers that's great and any aspiring driver that becomes a race driver is awesome like it's a great world to be in but we are also people that have got other interests um and if you can show that kind of to your audience um you will attract people and sponsors within within that field themselves and it all aligns so um yeah um it's it's hopefully you've, you've took that today and um learned a lot about kind of the basics of sponsorship really yeah and i guess there's just one more thing that i want to mention um sponsorship is it, it it's difficult and it can be difficult but if you're putting in the work and you're being consistent and you're building your brand, you'll get there. Yeah. But something that a lot of drivers do is they blend this sponsorship approach with some kind of side hustle. And I'm not going to get into this in too much detail because we've done other podcasts on it and I've written an ebook on it. But bear in mind that, you know, all of those drivers out there who have businesses, a, a lot of people look at them and go, oh, they can only race because they have a business. Well, actually, start your own business and you'll be able to pay for your racing as well. So even if it's just something small, like, you know, drop shipping, affiliate marketing, selling digital products. So like, you know, online stuff, or if it's something like, you know, having a, a car detailing business on the weekends, whatever it might be, it, a side hustle like that really, really complements sponsorship as well. So uh, again, just something else to bear in mind if you're thinking about, okay, I want to take my racing to the next level. How do I get the funds to, to do that? Yeah, and I just want to touch on that topic, actually, because I had a really interesting conversation just a couple of weeks ago of, um, you know, kind of motorsport being this kind of, you know, perceived this this elite sport that's only for the elitists in, in the country and, and, and the wealthy and and quite right, you know, wealthy people can afford to do motorsport um, and they can get on the grid and, and they can enjoy racing and and like me, I'm a regular lad um, that had a dream and, and have worked really hard with sponsorship and, and now I am on the grid. Um, but I've met so many people over the last couple of years that are heavily involved in motorsport that are racing drivers. Um, and yes, a lot of them are business owners, um, but they've worked really, really hard to build those businesses up that's then allowed them to go and do motorsport. Um, and that is a really, it's another great avenue to look down if you want to look at you know becoming a racing driver if you can create a business that that gives you financial freedom to, to go and do motorsport um then i think there's a lot a lot to be said and a lot to celebrate there because that's equally as hard as the 
you know, it's a sponsorship journey and it depends on which path you kind of want to take um, or a combination of the two. Um, but the hard work pays off in the long run. And um, and yeah, you can become a racing driver if you if you put your heart and soul into it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of crossover between the approach to sponsorship and the approach to a, a side hustle. So yeah. yeah, something to bear in mind. But before we kind of sign off, I think we've given people a lot to kind of think about. I just want to just summarize these points again. So you need to stand out as a racing driver and you need to think about how you're providing value to uh, the businesses that you approach. And you're not just asking them for support in exchange for a sticker on a car because most businesses don't care about that. And you need to also think about your niche because this is the thing that's going to make it just easier to find potential sponsors. So again, just kind of bear these things in mind. Keep it really simple when you're starting out. And, you know, as you've, you know, once you've sent a few pitches, done some stuff on your social media, you will start to think about how you can, you know, level up and do this more complex stuff. But at the beginning, keep it simple. 100%. Couldn't agree more, Jess. And um, and I say I'm walking testimonial of, of all of this success. Um, you know, I went right back to basics when I first read, read Get Paid to Race. Um, I met you at Sport, Jess, just over two years ago. Um, and here I am now as a as a get paid to race racing driver so um all of this advice works um so yeah good luck and and wish you all the best in your sort of sponsorship success and look forward to seeing on the grid at some point and for anyone who is looking for um, a copy of get paid to race you can get the the physical book or the ebook on shop.racingmental.com or just you know drop me a dm wherever you find me i'm on social media and we also have a sponsorship community facebook group which is a really, really friendly place for you to come and ask questions. And I'm in there. I will answer your questions, but so will all of the other thousand racing drivers in there, which is really, really nice. It's a great community. So if you're new to this and you want some support from, from others, that's the place to go. So just search Racing Mentors Sponsorship Community on Facebook. Super. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. I hope this has been helpful to you. Um, as I always say, please reach out on to, to me on social media if you have any questions. We'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, take care, everyone. Have a great day.